thought Easter was a couple weeks ago, Frank. Are we, are we praying for something, or is this? Uh, oh wait, the international sign of the safety. We we kind of had a, a safety dance game. It might have been an NCAA record. That it, I've never seen that many safeties in a single game in thirty something years of watching football. Four. It's crazy. We'll see all of them coming up uh, on this show, so stay tuned for that. JB, I want to talk about one thing. Uh, we, I think, got taught the hard way this weekend uh, the value of sports information directors and the lack of resources some schools have. Uh, yeah. So the unsung heroes of spring football have to be the SIDs across the country that gave us box scores and got us the stats and everything else and helped us get interviews uh, together. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, name names, uh, Lebval and, uh, Wilkes, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I got to say not having box scores for those games may try and put together the show. You know, we try to feature every East game that plays in, sure. uh, this spring because we're an East region show normally. So we were all excited and you can see down here that we have two East region games played, but we had no box scores. We we got you something. We got we had video at least. We had that much. So we got you a little bit of something coming up uh, on this show. But you know, we said last year as we prep for this, uh, the resource issue that these schools might face with spring football. I think it's yeah. coming to fruition. I think it is, and I think we're also kind of hitting some spring season fatigue. I mean, once again, we had close to fifteen games postponed or canceled, kind of last minute. I think at this point, um, schools are really sort of at their <laughs> at their wits' end in certain respects, getting all the different sports and end of the year kinds of activities that are going to start rolling around soon, graduations and all that. But hey, you know, we're three months into the spring season. This is going into week twelve. The fact that we made it says a lot um, about these different schools and institutions, including the coaches, the administrators, the SIDs, obviously, um, who are really pulling you know, quadruple duty in some respects, juggling so many sports they normally wouldn't have in a single season. But we, we got here and, um, you know, we have a couple more of these left, I think, but we got to at least recap all the all the action of the actual 18 games of uh, week 11 of the 2021 season. Trying to steal Spring my thunder season. here? Yeah, 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 you're trying to steal Ooh. my thunder uh, where I do this big uh, lead up in the <laughs> intro, wink to the crowd and everything else. Don't steal my thunder because it's up to me to say this is season 13 of In the Huddle. How dare you try to steal my thunder, JB? I, I, I'm just I trying to say something. I'm just trying to say something right because lately I've noticed I've had a couple of little you know trip ups. Um, you know, Lebval, maybe the box score being missing is due to the fact that I referred to them as the Warriors for on a couple of tweets when that's really like likeming. You know, they're one of their rivals. I should have known that. Um, this whole literally the last three months, this final uh, pack championship game was shown to be at. Washington and Jefferson it's not okay so I mean some of it's some of it I can I can explain but well the, you know, this I, is a phenomenon that happens a lot especially in basketball when they uh, do the schedules at the schools they put in kind of the placeholders for the conference championships or conference uh, playoffs and they never kind of go back and say oh okay now that we know who the teams are we'll put them in the right order and all that stuff and that's what happened in this case yeah. I think the school had put it in and it gets automatically added to the d3football.com system that way and the rest is us getting confused and that's that it doesn't take much for that so anyway um no. But listen, uh, we will be having uh, more shows. We will have a live show on Friday uh, this week. And we'll also have a show next week, uh, a minor preview. But also, we're going to look back at the last 14 months of uh, what we've been through uh, as a uh, show and uh, as a yeah. football division. And i uh, got to start kind of going to the archives uh, to grab some stuff for that one. So you'll want to watch that. We'll uh, kind of 
do a little retro, uh, maybe a video essay of sorts like we did a la Wesley uh, a few weeks back. Uh, still sad that Wesley did not get to finish with another game, but yeah, Wolverines uh, forever, uh, as they know or should know. Uh, in the show, Cole Konechka of Westminster and Mike Sirianni of Washington and Jefferson, the coach, are going to join us uh, to talk about the PAC championship game. Uh, I, I Kind of a spoiler alert I should have put into that because uh, you'll know who won one of the games now. In case you didn't already, it's probably <laughs> Tuesday or Wednesday when you're watching the show. So uh, I, I guess we should assume you know when you came here for the highlights, and that's that. Speaking of highlights from that Westminster game, I'm going to say it now, not in the, in the uh, crunch time itself. Uh, 1980s uh, called and they want their cameras back, Westminster. Little boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had multi-camera angles and yet you had just a square and the main camera was like, resolution from hell. Uh, I, I can't figure out what the hell happened on that game, but... It wasn't a pay-per-view kind of thing where you had to do extra for the better, like, you know, HD feed that you see sometimes? I don't think it existed no. in this case, no. So, uh, you'll see what I mean when we get to the highlights, uh, and you'll have to bear uh, with this. I, I'm trying to figure out if we're going to letterbox them or if we're going to keep them as square uh, when I do my edits on this. I don't know how I'm going to letterbox them without uh, cutting out something out of it, but we'll figure it out, uh, and you'll see. You know what? Instead of me jibber-jabbering uh, here, let me jibber-jabber about some meaningful stuff like scores, stats, highlights. You know what time it is, JB? You want to do you want to do uh, the open? Go ahead. No, no, it's all you. Oh no, 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 you take it. All right. Well, for week eleven of the spring twenty twenty one season, we bring you crunch time. Let's start in the OAC Championship game and Mount Union 64, Heidelberg 14. Let's just show you the first three touchdowns from Mount Union. I, I think you can kind of get the idea of how this one went ultimately. Two and a half minutes into the game, Wayne Ruby from Braxton Plunk, 62-yard touchdown pass. That made the game 7-0 very early. About eight minutes later, there goes those boys again. Braxton Plunk to Wayne Ruby. 13-yard touchdown pass there, 14-0. And then Braxton Plunk found a new receiver uh, in Jaden Manley. Not new uh, to him, but new in this game at least. And this is the second longest touchdown pass in Mount Union history. 94-yard touchdown pass. Uh, you know who has the uh, record? Larry Karras has a 95-yard okay. touchdown pass. Yep. And so they almost <laughs> broke the record on them. 21-0 there. Final score 64-14. 609-289 in in favor of Mount Union. Plunk with five touchdown passes and one rushing touchdown. And Zach Blackiston from Heidelberg with a game high. 12 tackles. Heidelberg, hold your head up high. Uh, because, look, we, we know the, the season was not what you uh, expected it to be in many ways. But you did some great things along the way. Let's leave it at that. Absolutely. Uh, more video from the OAC, Muskingum at Otterbein. So after a Gavin Costello 39-yard field goal with 22 seconds left in the first half for Muskingum, Otterbein does this with Jaden or Jalen Minnie, I should say. We go from Jaden Manley to Jalen Minnie. Uh, 49-yard touchdown pass from Bryce Hall with two seconds left. Great job to get into the end zone there and made a 14-12 Otterbein in halftime. Then Siraj Muhammad had a 10-yard touchdown run seven minutes into the third quarter to give it a, uh, give Otterbein a 21-12 lead. So looking safe there, but hey, Muskingum said no. Cameron Near, 32-yard touchdown pass from Jordan Garrett, made it 21-19. Nifty move to get into the end zone at the end of this one for sure. And then in the fourth quarter, five and a half minutes into it, Demirian Johnson, trust me that it was eventually ruled a touchdown. The one-yard run made it 26-21. And then toward the end of the game, with only about 13 seconds left, Bryce Hall 
Uh, the pass was intercepted by Tristan Howell at the Muskingum 17-yard line. So Otterbein had a chance here, but it was stolen away at the end of the game. And the final score again, 26-21 Muskingum. Two sacks, eight tackles for loss, seven interceptions by the Muskingum defense, three by Brian Brown and two by Tristan Howell, uh, including uh, that last one that we showed you. And Jordan Garrett, 26-40, 254, one touchdown. Uh, let me uh, finish up here in the OAC with Wilmington and Marietta. Marietta wins that one, 34-7. And you can see the uh, stats right there in front of you. Uh, JB, as we uh, transition here to the other uh, conferences, OAC, thanks to the memories this season, it finishes the way we assumed it would finish, at least in terms of who the winner is. Yeah, although I wasn't expecting the Raiders to win by 50. I don't know what happened uh, there, and I'm not sure. Is is this like a... Are they that much better than the rest of the conference? Because they, they were in some more competitive games, or was this just one of those situations where things really just kind of got off to a bad start for the student princes and the and the momentum just never came back to them? So um, obviously Mount Union's Braxton Plunk is probably the most you know standout offensive player that we've seen in this spring and will certainly help the Raiders be you know, likely, either, if not number one, number two in the top 25 um, come this fall. They will definitely be favorites to go to the Stag Bowl just based on this body of work that we've seen and, and some of the offensive firepower. So interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe we can do a, a top 25 poll, Frank. I don't know. We'll just have to mull that over at some point. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So uh, okay. we have a guest coming up, uh, Cole Konechka from Westminster. So we decided to uh, do some video uh, clips here in honor of him as Westminster beats Carnegie Mellon 32-22. tell you, uh, the Tartans held in here uh, for a while in this game. It was, uh, what, like 2 to nothing, 3 to 2 for a while uh, in this game. Yep. Uh, and then Cole Konechka, let's watch this one. Konechka puts a man in motion. He's back to pass. Konechka looking, he's looking, he tries to escape, runs up the middle. Out. Cole Konechka goes right up the middle, and he will go right into the end zone. Looks like Lamar Jackson. Cole Konechka, what a beautiful touchdown. That 20-yard touchdown run made it 8-3 in favor of Westminster. The uh, conversion failed. Then we had a 44-yard touchdown pass from Konechka to Tylan Elam. And that 44-yard pass made it 15-3. to uh, Trust me again that that was a touchdown for uh, Elam as uh, the camera missed it, but we'll just keep moving on here. Later, uh, Carnegie Mellon would tie with six minutes left in the third at 15-15. But Elam, for a second time from Konechka, this time a 30-yard touchdown pass, almost got this one in the frame, but you can see, you could kind of see the athleticism needed for it. 22-15 in favor of Westminster. And this one you'll see all the way. Position. Let's watch this touchdown. Konechka in the backfield. Konechka gets it. He's back to pass. Konechka looking, throws it, finds Valente once again. He's still going. He's going to go. 40, 30, 20, and they're not going to catch him. See you later. Ian Valente with another touchdown for Westminster. Ian Valenti, 71-yard touchdown pass from Konechka, 32-15 is uh, the score at that point. Carnegie Mellon gets a late touchdown, make it 32-22. Konechka, 344 passing yards, three passing and one rushing touchdown, the one that you saw. Uh, Elam with those uh, two touchdowns, that's part of his seven receptions for 125 yards. Geneva off the schneid as they break an eight-game losing streak against Grove City. 31 rushes for 176 yards, two touchdowns. That's Amos Leptek's line for Geneva. Cody Gustafson, though, on the other side for Grove City, 16 receptions, 154 yards. You know who their key receiver is, uh, that's for sure. Augustina, 51, North Park, 14, as we uh, start moving into um, the, the Saturday games, I guess. It, or no, actually, this is a Friday game, I should say. Uh, yep, it's Friday Jacob night. Brooks. Yep, see, you're rubbing off on me. Jacob Brooks with a 20-rush, 164 uh, performance and a touchdown. Alec Jacobs uh, from Augustana with four passing and one rushing touchdowns, though. Uh, as we uh, flip page here, uh, the PAC Championship, Westminster, Washington, and Jefferson, we'll talk more about, obviously, later. But uh, did you necessarily see that coming, or did you think it was going to be other teams? Well, uh, yeah, and... We'll get into this a little bit with Coach Seriani, but just the way the, the pack had structured things, I thought that, you know, it was going to be you know, one of the three teams from, I guess, the, the, the north side. And the fact that Westminster was able to outlast Grove City was, you know, in, in a way, 
basically it's like okay well that's that's probably going to be you know the, the answer there um but you know at the same time i mean washington jefferson has been a, a strong team in that conference for a while now so uh yeah uh, the nice thing about the pack is that any team seems that they could beat each other on any given you know friday or saturday so that's made watching this conference that much more enjoyable i mean geneva beating grove city was kind of a surprise that's a that's a pretty bad loss for the wolverines considering but you know it's one of those one of those days you got to give Luptak and the and the golden tornadoes credit they came came to play and they got the win Move on uh, to a Saturday pack game. Now, now we're in Saturday, Frank. Uh, St. Vincent 56, Waynesburg 26. As uh, the rushing record set by Mike Stasco, 1,869 yards was the St. Vincent all-time rushing record. Uh, great job by him. Brady Walker, five touchdowns uh, also in that game. Uh, Albion 49, Adrian 34. So in this game, Adrian led 34-32, but the last 17 points go to Albion as Philip Jones Price uh, from Albion gets 20 rushes, 78 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Trine 36, Olivet 21 as we continue in the MIAA. Alex Price, a former guest of ours on the show, 16 for 25, yep. 331, two touchdowns and interception. Trine defense held Olivet to minus two rushing yards with three sacks, seven tackles for loss, an interception, a fumble recovery, and a partridge in a pear tree. In a pear tree, yes. Yes, in the Heartland. Rose home in 35, Bluffton 0. Uh, I thought uh, Bluffton would have a little bit more firepower than this, but I was wrong. Rose Holman, Shane Welshens with 36 rushes, 236 yards, two touchdowns. Montez Archer, a former guest of ours, seven tackles and one interception for Bluffton. Franklin 31, Defiance 18, as Franklin scored the last 10 points uh, in the fourth to seal the win. Ryan Poole with three uh, receptions, 82 yards, three touchdowns. Let's take a look at this Mount St. Joseph-Manchester game. Let's go to the fourth quarter, in fact. 4.17 left, Mount St. Joseph. It's Wyatt Rutgerson, the 5'6 uh, freshman receiver, gets the 25-yard touchdown pass from Josh Taylor to make it 44-21, Mount St. Joseph. Game over. Four minutes left. Game over. Right? Done. Yeah, sure. But tell that to Harrington Greer and Bryce Tomasi as Tomasi gets him a 36-yard touchdown pass with 2.47 left in that fourth quarter. It's 44-28 now in favor of Mount St. Joseph. It's okay. No problem. No worries over here. Okay. Um, 37 seconds left. Joseph Powell, 13-yard touchdown pass from Bryce Tomasi. 44-36 now in favor of Mount St. Joseph. Um, getting a little nervous now. Let's see the onside kick. Surely that will fail. It's a great kick! Harry His hands are saving the Spartans, John! Manchester recovers the onside kick down by eight! Okay, maybe it won't fail. Uh, but, you know, only 30-something wow. seconds left at this point. They can't do this, can they? Well... Third and ten. Tomasi's pass is caught! Oh, touchdown! Spartans, they're within two! Evan Vizcara, a freshman! Well, they have to go for two. And I think you know by the scoreboard earlier what the result was. No good, but let me tell you something. This was a tremendous attempt by Manchester to come back in this game. Absolutely. And, uh, it, again, one of those, if you think the games don't matter in the spring to these teams, try again. Just watch the ending of this game. Mount St. Joseph 44, wow. Manchester 42 final as they score 21 points and 247 essentially to almost tie and force overtime. Taylor from Mount St. Joseph though, 405 yards, four touchdowns in an interception. Concordia, Wisconsin, we didn't have any video that we could use our uh, favorite play-by-play -play guy to hear about James Lynn, but I'll tell you about that Lynn in this 37-21 win had five passing touchdowns. On Eureka's side, though, Nathan Garrard had a 249-yard total day with one passing and one rushing touchdown. Um, okay, you heard a lot about it. Let's see just <laughs> how important field position really is in terms of post-punt, or whatever else happens in a drive. So, let's see. Safety number one comes from a punt block in the back of the end zone. 
It was blocked by Danny Baker, according to the stats, with 5.50 left in the second quarter. That made it Illinois College 7, Lake Forest 2. Okay, third quarter as uh, Lake Forest struggling in this game despite a time of possession advantage, a decided one at that. Uh, I hmm. believe it was Colin uh, Dybrod with the rush in loss of a yard. Matt Leonard with the tackle gets the safety. And now it's uh, the very, very ripe score, 14-4 to uh, in favor of Illinois College. 14-4. Yeah. Now, Lake Forest, in the meantime, scores a touchdown. They brought it to 14-11, to so with 10.51 left in the fourth quarter, Josh Grant runs for a two-yard loss as Jamari Tansmore gets the safety this time. It's 14-13 Illinois College. Now, again, in the meantime, uh, it was a touchdown by Lake Forest, but who cares about touchdowns in football? Let's let's talk about the safeties. After Let's go for offset, two. Yeah, <laughs> after an offsides call against Lake Forest, what looks like a set fake by the punter, uh, who also is a passer, uh, come to find out, he kind of steps uh, up, doesn't make any attempt to uh, punt that ball, and that is a sack in the end zone for a 21-14 score. That is... Four safeties by Lake Forest, and the final score, 21-14. Got to be a record. It's got to be a record. Widener had five in a season. That was the record for a season in Division Three. So you can't tell me yeah. that is not a record, at least in Division Three. 40-20 uh, to 20 time possession advantage. A.J. Jackson, one rushing touchdown, six receptions, 98 yards. Let's go to more video. Uh, this is where things start running a little foul uh, for us in terms of what we can tell you about games. Uh, as we had no box score to uh, gener or generate our clips off of. Uh, so in the third quarter, a touchdown by number 14 of Wilkes, who's not on the roster on the website, makes it 22 to 14, five minutes into the third quarter. Uh, Catholic began his comeback with 159 left in the third quarter as they got the ball uh, back and they were trailing by eight. The uh, team took it over at the 41 yard line, but eventually uh, Berger gets the touchdown on an eight play. 59-yard drive. It's an 11-yard touchdown pass to Mark Sheffers that pulled the Cardinals within two, 22 to 20, 14:08 left fourth quarter. Next drive, here you go. It is this time uh, Jeffrey getting the uh, catch from Berger. A 27-22 score in favor of Catholic. They stopped Wilkes on two three and outs, essentially uh, in the fourth quarter, and held on 27-22 yeah. in favor of Catholic. Brady Berger with 285 passing yards, two passing, and one rushing touchdown. Let's look at Milliken uh, having a struggle again against Carthage, 41-19, as Eddie L. III gets a 94-yard kickoff return that broke a 13-13 tie, and that was the start of 27 unanswered by Carthage. Billy, uh, Billy yep. Drury, I think it is, actually. Uh, three passing, one rushing touchdowns in that game. Uh Let's uh, go to Augsburg uh, in L Martin Luther on the uh, Sunday slate here. Kyle McDonough with the interception with 152 left secures the Augsburg victory at 24-21. And Kate Sheehan with the 302-yard passing day, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And in the final game uh, that we'll go to video on, and by the way, I should uh, apologize. Love Val, you weren't the host uh, in this game. It was Alvernia. So Alvernia, where's the box score? Now I can say that at this point. <laughs> let's see. Uh, Cody Kigaris uh, to Jay Sisko. A 19-yard touchdown pass made it 23-7 in favor of Love Val with a minute left in the third quarter. Well, Alvernia fights his way back, and eventually, with no time on the clock, Kevin Washington Jr. to Nico Skurlock. This short touchdown pass makes it 23-21. You know what's coming up? The two-point conversion to tie and send it to overtime. But it's a keeper that was snuffed out. And look at the celebration yeah. by uh, Lev Val in this uh, game. Again, if you think these uh, things don't matter, these games, just watch the ends of these games. And you'll see it's not the yeah. case. 23-21 final, Lev Val wins. I have no, no stats to talk about in that game or nothing else to say, so I'm going to say that was crunch time for week 11 of the spring 2021 Division Three college football season. As we normally do, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, after I reeled off the last uh, six or so games without asking you to uh, comment, uh, pick out your favorite of that batch and uh, give us a little thought. 
Well, you know, I think the the Sunday games were were pretty entertaining. I mean, a two point win by uh, Laval and and Osberg hanging on for a three point win at Martin Luther out there in Minnesota. Um, you know, just some really great action. And like you said, with when you when you see the ends of these games, particularly these close you know contests, um, and even even in the blots, I guess you could say, because there were a, there was a lot of social media activity with Mount Union players. Uh, so grateful, relieved, you know, pictures of them holding up the, the OAC trophy. Uh, and so this whole thing that the spring season ultimately didn't matter or wouldn't count, all this completely discounted by just just watch the just watch the games. You, you see these guys are fighting for every yard. They want to win. And, you know, for Laval, for instance, I mean, it was probably 510, 20 days since they last you know, played a game. So, you know, just even if this is their one game that they get to play, it was a win for them. It sets them off into the you know, kind of the, the postseason, almost 2021 fall preseason with some some momentum there in the MAC. And it was just great to see a couple more East Region teams getting out there. There might be, uh, well, we know at least one game um, this this upcoming weekend and sort of the the, the, the finale of, of the spring season. We're waiting to hear about uh, a second game out of the CCC, there was some social media activity from Nichols that was indicating that their game with Western New England may still be on. You know, but as we've seen, Frank, I mean, perfect example, Bethany and Washington Jefferson, games can get canceled you know, the, the morning of, and, and that's that. Yeah, and that's that's why we do this show uh, about the schedule really on a Friday now because we learned the hard way that we give you uh, you know thirty yeah. games and then you know half of them aren't played and what good is uh, us running down and wasting your time at that point? So you come visit us on Friday. Yep. We give you a little entertainment, I guess, heading into uh, what is the final major weekend of spring football uh, across Division Three. Uh, that Catholic game too. At the end of that Catholic game, uh, with that comeback by them, uh, looking at that raw emotion from that team, and they thought they were going to get a chance to play in the fall, like we said, I think last week, and uh, just yeah. watching them and uh, talking to Coach Gut a little bit on uh, direct message. I know you did, and I did both. Um, they were mm -hmm. very thankful for the coverage and excited for the win, to say the least. So. Pack championship game, the final championship uh, that we're going to be hearing about because uh, no other conference is culminating in that way. And it's going to be Westminster hosting Washington and Jefferson. Uh, I, I believe I have the host right. Yeah, you can correct me if I'm wrong now. But uh, Westminster is hosting. <laughs> so so we're going to give the home team the uh, first uh, words in this game. First uh, Okay. Yeah, Cole Konechka uh, was a major factor in the Grove City win a week earlier, and that was an important game, obviously, yeah. for Westminster. They had uh, lost that game. You know, maybe Grove City beat Geneva with momentum at that point. I think uh, they sort of got uh, the win knocked out of them from the loss, and obviously Geneva yeah. uh, popped up there and did great work to beat them. But well, let's talk Westminster here in terms of uh, this team has had ECAC experience, Cole Konechka has great experience himself. And so you, you look at this team, and in, if anybody's going to beat Washington and Jefferson, it's going to be this team. It's got to be this team. It's the only one left on the schedule, but you get my point. <laughs> so we uh, talked to Cole Konechka, junior quarterback of Westminster. So, Cole, uh, tell us a little bit about last Friday night's game, a uh, real big contest against Carnegie Mellon and a chance to get into the, the spring pack uh, championship game against W&J this upcoming Friday night. Uh, walk us through a little bit about what that game was like and, and how you guys were able to kind of pull away there at the end. It was, it was kind of tough sledding there for a little while, but you guys got together and got the win. Yeah, we knew it was an important game. We had to win to get into the pack championship. And we started out slow, a little sluggish. And, you know, with CMU, it kind of always is. It's a little tighter a game to start. And then by the third quarter, we were able to break away, scored 17 unanswered. And that really just helped solidify the lead and kind of helped solidify the win there. But a tough physical game against them always like it is. Let's go back a week if we can, uh, because the Grove City win uh, took a lot out of you guys. I think it, it was just seemed like a very emotional, uh, hard game for your team, and they always give you a great game, and vice versa. Every year, JB was pointing that out in our uh, prediction show a couple weeks ago. 
Um, did winning that game possibly kind of give you the looking past CMU scenario early on? Or, or just kind of take us through the, the flow of the last couple of weeks overall, because this has kind of been the gauntlet for you guys the last two weeks. Yeah, Grove City is a tough game, always physical, and there was definitely a lot of emotion behind that game with the past two years losing to them and the way we lost last year. It was definitely a lot of emotion going into the game. And it was a tough physical game. It's always a tough game with them. And I wouldn't say we looked past CMU, but we knew the goal was always to go undefeated in regular season and then ultimately be able to play in that pack championship game. So it wasn't so much looking past. It was just kind of expected to, you know, do better. And we knew what we had to do. And I think we played well enough to get to this point. Yeah, speaking of getting to this point, do you sometimes kind of look back and, and sort of say, you know, it's, it's a, you know, here we are, it's amazing, you know, after what happened in, in 2020 with all the cancellations, and even in the last couple of weeks, what we've seen with the spring season, there, you know, lots of games are getting dropped left and right, but you guys have been able to, to play all the games on your schedule, as far as I know, and you have your final, you know, opportunity to, to go home with a championship, pretty much the last spring championship game that there is left. Right, and it's definitely been different because back in the fall, we didn't even know if we were going to be playing in the spring at all. And to get these five games, it's been awesome. And with our COVID, we actually haven't had any really positive tests that have impacted us. So that's been really nice. I think we've all been you know, following the rules, doing what we're supposed to be doing, really limiting our exposure to people. And it's been nice that we haven't had any setbacks during this season and now it's the final game so after this it'll be nice to kind of relax and get out there a little bit we haven't had uh many uh juniors on to be honest with you it seems like we only uh, go senior based or freshman based lately uh for some uh, unknown reason so I i've got an interesting interest yeah i can't even speak interesting question for you I, uh rendered speechless for you I mean, was there a decision-making to be made when it came to COVID and seeing how the fall season disappeared from you as to whether you would stay enrolled, uh, how you would handle, uh, you know, the future, et cetera? Uh, for you, especially, you're going to have an extra year if you want it. Does that filter into your equation at all as to how you're going to handle your senior season or whatever you want to call that fourth year uh, that you're attending Westminster? Right, yeah, and um, back in the fall, I kind of talked with my advisor a little bit about getting the extra year of eligibility and how I could structure my classes so I could be able to take them because, you know, they gave me an extra season, and I know this season really hasn't been a full season, so I wanted to take that opportunity and take that extra year of eligibility, so I'm actually going to be coming back and playing. But there was little uncertainty in the fall, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to practice because we weren't going to practice for a season, but I knew since we were getting a new offense, it was going to be really, really beneficial in the fall to practice a full fall semester, not being able to play a game, just kind of working on getting used to this offense and learning the new offense. It seems like the new offense is going pretty well for you guys. I think you've been scoring, you know, at least 30 plus points per game and a good, good mix of, of, of running and passing. I mean, it's been almost what, you know, you keep seeing all these teams that have just started playing. It's like 500 something days. It's probably been about 500 or so days since you guys last played um, Washington and Jefferson. Um, you know, they're obviously a strong, strong program and, um, you know, a team that is, you know, I think they won the pack in 2019, Frank, I, 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 if memory serves, it feels like it was forever ago, but I mean, what is it, what is this sort of game week uh, for you guys with the championship on the line, or is it just sort of the, the old football, you know, just another game we're going to prepare and, and see what happens? Yeah, I mean, a lot of stake on this game is the pack championship, but for us, we're looking at it as a rivalry game because that's really what it is. You know, us playing W&J every year, it's always a rivalry game. It's always a lot of motion behind this game. We always want to, you know, beat the other team pretty badly, but I think we're just looking at it as another rivalry game. Not really looking too much into this as a huge pack championship game, but we definitely know what's on the line and definitely know we need to play our best game of the season to win. 
So your stat line uh, includes your height at five foot nine, which, if that is true and accurate, I I, I like you already because I'm five foot nine, or at least I was at one point in my life. Uh, as you get older, uh, supposedly you shrink a little bit, and uh, I, I don't dare to uh, challenge that. But uh, five nine is obviously a little bit short for a quarterback, but you're still throwing for three hundred plus yards. Uh, who are your influences? Why are you quarterbacking? I mean, at that height, a lot of people probably tried to say to you, hey, you know, listen, this, this may not work in the future for you, but you're succeeding at it. Kind of give us your backstory in this in this respect. Yeah, so even when I first started playing football, first position I was really at was quarterback. You know, I had a little bit of arm. I always played football and baseball, and I always, you know, pitched for baseball. Had a pretty good arm, and going up through midgets, I was always quarterback. Came to middle school, tried out quarterback, got the starting job my eighth grade year, and then moving into high school, it really wasn't a question whether I wanted to play quarterback. You know, it was always my dream, always what I played, always what I knew. And, you know, being a little shorter than average, it definitely a little struggle, but, you know, it's not bad. And I know looking up to guys like Drew Brees, I think it's only like 5'10". Russell Wilson, I know he's a little shorter. You know, Kyler Murray, guys like that now that I can see succeeding in the league even being a little bit shorter. So, really, I just take it what it is. Can't do nothing about my height, so got to play with it. <laughs> you play like a, like you're 6'2", so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was looking at your, at your bio and, you know, 3,700 yards and 31 touchdowns for, and this is, this actually has to be the, the most interesting hometown high school I've ever heard of, Moon Area. So you got to tell us a little story, Cole. What is this? What is a, what is a Moon Area? I mean, I know that there's like the Moon Township part of Pennsylvania, but for, for those that may not know Western PA, what's the whole thing with the, with, with Moon and, and, and that part of, of the state? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I moved to Moon my uh, eighth grade year, and, and I thought it was kind of goofy having the name Moon, and then we actually play a team, or a high school, Mars, which is also kind of funny, two planets kind of going at it, but yeah, <clears throat> it is Moon Township, kind of Moon Township in Coriopolis, Pennsylvania, and Moon Area really just came for the high school name, I think. And it's like right next to the Pittsburgh airport. So I, my house is literally, I think, five minutes away from the Pittsburgh airport. So it's like right there. Well, the action is going to feel like it's on Mercury coming up this uh, Friday night uh, as you guys. Yeah, that was horrible, I know. But anyway, we're just going to roll. Uh, but uh, this Friday night against uh, Washington and Jefferson, uh, we wish both teams luck. But Cole, I don't know if you know our tradition on our show, but... We give you the floor for any shout-outs for any friends, family, teammates, coaches, significant others, anybody you want to say uh, hello to or give a shout-out to. And uh, noticeably, we've avoided saying your last name during this interview. So, Cole Konechka, your shout-outs. Yeah, I mean, I always like to shout-out my family. They've always supported me, always helped me through all my football career. And I really want to shout-out my offensive line, of course, the Pit Vipers, we call them. We really, it starts with them up front, and we roll with them. They roll, we roll. And I want to shout out my whole team. We've we've really been a complimentary football team this season. You know, when the defense is down, we pick them up. When we're down, the defense picks us up. And I think that comes stems all the way from our head coach, Scott Benzel. Um, really knows what he's talking about. Really great football mind. And he really pushes us to play our best and succeed and do what we do. Well, it's working. Uh, it's obviously working, and uh, congratulations to you guys. Uh, this has been an interesting stretch. I know COVID uh, made this season seem sometimes probably like, well, why are we doing this? But you guys have made the most of it, and we really appreciate that from teams that have come out every game and played it like it's you know championship weekend every weekend, and you guys have done so. So congratulations on getting this far. Good luck on Friday night, and let's see where this goes for you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good poise by him, uh, generally, uh, as yeah. you could tell in that interview. And, uh, you know, you can tell uh, there's a little bit of locality rivalry going on in the Pennsylvania ranks uh, because you're going to yeah. hear a little bit of something in the next interview about Konechka as we talk to Coach Seriani about uh, things a little bit. And, 
I, everybody kind of in the same radius realm over there uh, and knows each other pretty well, both in a good and a bad way, I'm sure. Uh, so, <laughs> But Kanechka is uh, one of those guys that probably had a bunch of pack schools he could play for and seems sure. to love Westminster and is uh, sticking around, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, clearly... Uh you know, a lot of these guys are, are from that western part of, of Pennsylvania, a really big uh, high school football community. I'm sure they get looked at by lots of schools at all all levels. Um, but it was interesting, you know, kind of hearing from from Coach Sirianni about some of the different uh, obstacles that, that they faced. Um, I didn't even realize until after we spoke to him, Frank, that he's the brother of the guy who's like the new coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Yeah, the Mount Union Nick. brothers. And, and so I was like, Oh, wait a minute. That's why I recognize that name. But, you know, comes across as a very down-to-earth, you know, guy. I mean, he's still very serious, you know, football football coach, you know, kind of demeanor, uh, family man, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, he's been with W&J for a long time. And uh, even though they're going to be sort of the, the, the road team here, and initially I thought maybe the – potential favorites because they had an extra week. If you look on the back on the track record of this series, Frank, the Titans have had the president's number uh, over the last couple of seasons. So we'll have to think about this one, you know, come, uh, you know, lightning pick time on Friday, because this is going to be a tough, uh, tough call for me, at least that I, I, presidents have, have looked real good in the, in the games they played. And, um, but this Titans offense is kind of clicking too. It's going to be a great wrap. I think this is the fifth, and obviously final conference championship game that we've had in the spring. And I, like I said once before, please do this more often. Championship conference games are great for, for the sport, and it's a great way to, to sort of you know, wrap a bow on the uh, spring 2021 season. Uh, you asked him a question, I think, uh, right off the bat about uh, this whole uh, PAC championship scenario and whatnot, and let's uh, just jump right into his uh, first answer. Well, you know, we're just happy to play. I mean, you know, I, 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 when this first hole started, we were going to play a spring season. I was really torn about what to do with it. You know, are we going to go all in and, and you know, try to play with all of our players and at the risk of getting hurt? When, when you know, listen, this, there's no the, – the reward for winning a conference championship is, is to go to the NCAA playoffs. And, and you know, there's no NCAA playoffs. And, um, so we, we decided to hold a couple guys out with injuries and then something happened on campus where we lost five other starters. So we, we're like seven starters down and I'm thinking, are we, what are we going to do here? Are we going to, are we going to go all in? Or are we going to just hold some other people out? And, and honest to God, I watched, we, we opened the season next year with John Carroll. And on March 12th, I watched the John Carroll Baltimore Wallace game. And, um, I watched how hard those two schools played against each other. And I'm like, listen, I mean, if we're going to play, we're going to play as hard as we possibly can. We're going to try to win. They're giving out. I know we can't go to the NCAA playoffs. I know we're missing seven starters. But if, we, if we're going to – they're going to hand out a championship, we're just not going to give it to someone. So kind of that game, honestly, God, watching the John Carroll Baltimore's game online on March 12th, March two, season two weeks away, really changed – my thoughts and my intentions of how we are going to attack the season. And at that point on, we decided to go all in. You know, obviously we have our All-American receiver back, and I was really torn with what to do with him before that, and he wants to play. And so we, we target him as much as we can, and we're all in. We're trying to win the championship minus our players. That's fine. We don't care. Um, we're just trying to win a championship. We're just not going to let someone else take a trophy. Coach, I think this is your 18th season, depending on how we count everything now and uh, all that stuff. I'm going to assume that this season is unlike any other that you've experienced for obvious reasons. But as you said, you were happy to play some football or to get some football in this whole equation. Coming into it before you watched that game in the OAC, what kind of was your mentality about what this spring season would be useful for? Why did you even want to be a part of it? My, my, my mentality before, you know, before that was, listen, let's, let's keep everyone healthy. Um, let's play as many players as we possibly can. Um, let's get to the, let, let, listen, I was focused on John Carroll, whatever, September 4th, 2021. 
I mean, that was really my focus. I mean, because, you know, you know, I know a lot of these seniors have extra years of eligibilities and, and I'll be upfront and honest with you. Most of our seniors are going to come back and play next year. And, and like I told you to start off with, we, we held some guys out, our EJ Thompson, our running back, Alex Keith, our starting our starting defense, probably our best defensive player. We, we held out for, for, for injuries and personal reasons. And then we had an incident on campus where we lost Josh Burns and Max Garter to and Mitch Desort, three really, really important part of our team. And at that point, I'm like, listen, man, let's just get through this and let's not get anyone else hurt and lose anyone and, and let's focus on 2021. But, you know, you watch, as, as, as we started practicing and you watch the intensity and how much um, excitement there was for our players to play, it, it was 16 months since we played. You know, I, like I said, that and that watching that Carroll BW game really changed my tune. We, we had practiced hard. We had prepared like we would prepare any other week um during the regular season and and we're like i said we're all in and and and, and andrew um really kind of changed you know not changed my mind but he was in my year all the time coach i listen i haven't played in he hasn't really played in two years because he only played two games in, yeah in, in 2019 and he probably we probably shouldn't have let him play in the one at all um he's like coach i gotta play i, I haven't played in two years and and um like i said we're we're just excited to play it's been so I mean, there's so many people to, to besides our players and our coaches, our trainers, our administrators, our athletic director has been terrific with the testing um, that has had to go on and, and getting the test results back for us so we could play. And our trainers obviously having to go through everything. Um, there's just so many people to, to give credit to that for this, this season being played. Um, and and we, there's, we do have a few seniors that aren't going to play next year. So they deserve to go out and give us we, – we deserve to give them our – our all-out effort to go out and try to, to, to win as many possibly games as we possibly can. Yeah, and you guys have had a pretty solid rivalry with Westminster over the years. I know that the, at least the last, I don't know, three, four seasons, this these games have been very razor thin as far as looking at the you know the differential and the scores and all that. Um, when you when you saw that uh, you know Westminster was able to pull away and 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 beat Carnegie Mellon last. Uh, last weekend was it sort of with a sense of oh, yeah we you know we we knew that those guys would probably be the ones and you and you're ready for it or was it just like okay you know here here we go again and uh, you're starting to game prep and and sort of what you would normally do if if it was in the fall as well yeah well I mean with the way that our conference got split up this year I, let's be honest we we got an easier draw than I mean I, I mean you got. You got Case. Well, Case opted out. You got Grove City, Westminster, um, and Carnegie Mellon all in the north. And then no one likes to play Geneva. Geneva's a good football team when they don't sure. fumble a football, okay? I, I mean, and, they, and when they don't fumble a football, they're a good football team. They played us tough. When they put the ball on the ground, obviously no one's a good football team. But they're they're well coached. They're a good football team. And now that was the north. And, and, you know, we got the south. And so we everyone knows, and you know, that we got the easier of the draws, and um, so the North was going to be a battle between those four schools. And, and look, it ended up, ended up, look at how how much it did because Geneva ended up beating Grove City at the end. So um, once yeah. you know, we 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 saw that Carnegie or that Westminster beat Grove City, we we figured we, that we would play Westminster. That being said, you know, Carnegie Mellon has beaten Westminster too. So you know. We didn't really prepare and start preparing until Saturday morning, knowing that, you know, thinking because our game didn't get canceled until Friday morning. So we were all in on Bethany, um, you know, to, to, to say, yeah, I think, you know, the last six years we're 500 and, you know, against them. And not many teams can say that about to do that to us. And, you know, Scott has done a great job with that. And, and I know, you know, pretty much they've done everything except cap it off by winning a conference championship. We still and being able to do that. So they, I, I think, I, I don't think that their focus is on us. I think that they want to win their first conference championship. Um, but you know, it's been a, it's been, you know, you can say a friendly rivalry. It's been a, a vicious rivalry. I mean, the two teams are not the best of friends. Um, you know, I think we respect them and I, I Scott and I get along and, and, but the, obviously the two teams don't like each other a whole lot and that's okay. I mean, it's football. I mean, um, so we're excited to play in the championship. Um, like I told you before, yeah, we have a bunch of guys that we're holding out for what, for whatever reasons. But that being said, we're just not going to give someone a trophy. Um, I know there's no NCAA playoff um, 
to be one, but we'd like to add, what are we, to our 26th, 27th um, conference championship to the history of WNJ football, and that's what we're going to try to do. I will give you a chance to give a little bit of an accolade, at least across the uh, aisle here, uh, because we spoke with uh, Cole Konechka uh, earlier, uh, the quarterback for Westminster, five foot nine, but can throw a ball uh, like, or unlike many out there, uh, getting three hundred plus yards last week. Uh, he's got to be as somebody I, I know you appreciate a good quarterback out there, quarterbacks that have the ability. It must make it a little tough to game plan for this team. I mean, they're they're extremely game plan. Well, first of all, we recruited also, and he ended up going to Westminster. And those battles happen. And actually, Cole probably lives ten minutes from where I live here. Um, I live in Hopewell, but you know, he lives right <laughs> right in the neighboring school district. So I've known him and watched him play in high school. He's he's had a terrific. Well, first of all, he had a terrific season in twenty nineteen. Um, you know, he, he was a good high school player, and, and, and you, I give a lot of credit to, to Westminster because he's he's developed even even more so this year with their new offensive coordinator, even even better um, than he was last year. And that's that's he's he's grown up a little bit too. But gosh, he they're tough to defend. And they change their offense, and you know, and they're um, a little more wide open and RPOs very similar to us. Um, and then defensively, wow, are they they they've always been very good on defense they attack and they come after you and they have um, two defensive ends that are you know that are, are very very good at our level of football um, they're, they're very they're both transfer players and they're very good football players and um, they just put you in a, a position where they create havoc I mean that's what they do they create havoc they put the quarterback on um, pressurable situations and we just have to react accordingly obviously we haven't really you know, been, I mean, we haven't scored a ton of points on them in the past couple of years. And, um, you know, we really struggled last year in terms of in the red zone. So we've been focused on that, but we know that they're going to come up with something new. They always do. They always come up with some new blitz or some new thing that, 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 um, takes some of our stuff away. And Scott's a really good defensive mind. And, and, and they are, like you said, Frank, they're very tough to prepare for. And the fact that Cole is playing the way he's playing now even makes it multiple because now you have to worry just just as much about their offense as, as you do their defense. So, yeah, they're a very tough team to prepare for. And, Coach, what what is uh, what is J's sort of uh, policy as far as, like, attendance and all that goes? I mean, I, I know that there's different conferences have different policies, some that started off with one way and then they changed halfway through and this and that. I mean, obviously this isn't the same kind of championship game atmosphere as it maybe you'd like to see you know, with the, with the home stands packed full of people and all that type of thing. But will at least like, you know, the, the parents of the players and, and I mean, I know all the schools in the pack are relatively, you know, close, close together as far as the, you know, the communities. Yeah. And I imagine the, the protocols and the conference are pretty much uniform and that's worked really well for you guys. I mean, pretty much all the games for the most part have happened, you know, with that one or two exceptions here that's and there, like last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, we, we kind of I mean, got the short end of the stick. Our, our Bethany game was canceled, and that was going to be our second home game. We only got to play one away game or one home game this year. So the game is at Westminster because we played them at home in 19, and, and our conference has adopted um, home fans only, which I think a lot of them have done, um, which is, listen, that's fine. I mean, I, obviously the COVID thing is serious. We take it very seriously here at WNJ, and, and the conference does, and Joe and Dirk, our conference commissioner, has done a great job working with our presidents to keep everyone safe and not just play football, but play every sport that we're playing now in the PAC. So they're, it's it's home fans only, so they'll get their home fans there and home students there, and we won't, we'll have the 58-man dress roster and our and our coaches, and that's fine. I mean, that that's we're not going to get tired on the bus ride to New Wilmington. It's not that far. I mean, you know, they're, they're not going to have a packed house because I'm sure their attendance is – kept under the so we'll just be our 58 guys and our and our players and that's i mean that's there's nothing we can do about that there's we can there's nothing we you know you know obviously we weren't happy losing a home game we weren't able to have a senior night for our our few seniors that that are not coming back next year um and our home our parents were only able to see one game but listen everyone like we're you and i are talking um everyone has the technology now to watch the game and they'll watch their 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 kids and you know, it is, it is what like everyone sure. says it is what it is, but it, it kind of is what it is. That's the attendance policy. And, you know, 
we'll, Interesting. We'll, yeah. We'll be there for our, our I thought you guys, guys were be there for each other. And that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. All the stuff that I had read, I thought you guys were the host. So, you know, geez, <laughs> it shows you know, what, you know what I know. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. either way. I'm going to uh, interject with a question. Last question for you, Coach. Uh, I, I said earlier, uh, 18 seasons, uh, W&J, you've had opportunities to go elsewhere. I know you have, and you've stayed. And I'm curious, with the winning percentage you have and everything else, why have you stayed at W&J as long as you have, and what's in the future for you? Well, if you're referring to um, a little brother who's in your neck of the woods right now who's the head coach, I'll just say this, that – that's not ever going to work out. Last time we were at the beach together, I, I, yeah, he won the bocce ball, but I won the eh, <laughs> wrestling match afterwards. So that's never going to work. I'm proud of him. Um, he's <laughs> deal with the Philadelphia media. Good luck, Nick. Um, listen, I, I don't want to sit here and say I've turned down jobs because that would be untrue opportunities to pursue jobs. Maybe um, I'm comfortable. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing now in my career is I'm comfortable. I mean, I'm comfortable with the type of kids that we have. I'm comfortable. I don't want to be anyone's assistant. I'm 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 comfortable, and that's that's listen. At this point in my career, I'm happy with that. Um, you know, I've watched some of my friends obviously move around and move up, and you know that that Mountain Union tree, and you watch the guys at Toledo and Iowa State, and 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 really all over the place, and and you know you sit back there and say, well, should I have done this? Should I have done that? But listen, that we've won a ton of games. We won a conference championships. We've been to the playoffs 12 times, um, but there's something missing. We haven't won the national championship. And even when I wasn't at that coaching at WJ in the 90s, they were terrific at WJ. They didn't want to, oh, excuse me, a national championship. And that's our goal. I mean, is it a realistic goal at WJ? Listen, if you're going to give a national championship, why not? Why can't it be? I mean, do we do we have a higher hill to climb than some other schools with 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 some things with our academic standards and, and the cost of our school, yeah. But if we're we're going to play, let's 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 do this. I think we're in, an, right. even though we continue to win, I think we have an up. We're still on an upward climb. I, we just added a brand new athletic dash football only weight room. That's terrific. That helps us. We just redid our locker room last year with the generous of some alumni. We just built a field house a, a few years ago. So obviously our facilities have gotten a lot better. Um, so I do think that that with the right draw. Now listen, I, I understand with the right draw. Yes, we can make a push to the national to, to try to win a national championship to get to that semifinal game. I mean, I don't think, and this might make some people mad, especially in your neck of the woods. I don't think they're you know our 2017 WNJ team that got beat in the second round of playoffs. I don't think there's a whole lot different between our 2017 WJ team and the 18 Hopkins team and the 19 Muhlenberg team that went to the semifinals. What the difference was is the draws yeah. that they got. Okay, the draws that they got. We we get Mount Union in the second, third round. Okay, so yeah, I do think we can win a national championship, and that's one of the reasons I've stayed here too. And and um, and, and it's a great place to work. I, I get along with our athletic director. He's a great man. Um, I get along with him. Um, I get along with our our coaches. Um, I, I love the types of players that we that we it's close to home for for me and for my wife's family and you know it's just a good place to work and a good place to be. So Mike Tomlin doesn't have to look over his shoulder at, over in Pittsburgh is what you're telling us. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I no, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, you know, I've become a, I'm not an Eagles fan anyway, so now, so um, <laughs> I'm sure I wouldn't be welcome to even watch practice with the Steelers, Steelers anymore. So I, I'm now. I got a bunch of Colts gear. If you guys want it, I'm I'm selling it on eBay here this week. But I'm, I'm now an Eagles fan. Coach, we got to wish you the best of luck uh, this Friday. Uh, both teams have earned this uh, right to be in this game, and it's going to be a good one, I think. And as you said, teams may not like each other per se, but uh, there is mutual respect for how good these teams are. Yeah, we, there, we respect 100% you. mutual respect. We respect them, and and they, they listen. They know each other too, so it, it should be really fun. We're really excited to play in it. And we respect you for your time and for uh, all your uh, greatness. Uh, well, you guys do a uh, great yeah. job, too. You really Thank do. You. I appreciate everything you guys do for Division Three football and, 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 and taking your Thanks, time coach. out to do this. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Coach Mike Sirianni, uh, maybe not the most popular uh, or well-known Sirianni in uh, Pennsylvania football uh, right now, <laughs> but uh, you know what? He's got an over 800 winning percentage in his 18 seasons of coaching. He might really want impressive. to ask for a recount on that whole situation there. 
but uh, good talk with him and he good good humor about uh, the whole Nick situation and whatnot. So yeah. appreciate him. So JB, uh, I think that does it for uh, this episode. Like I said uh, earlier. Uh, Friday live show next week, kind of a uh, preview of week 12, what's left of it, uh, and then talking about what we've been through uh, over the last 14 months, so you'll want to watch that, and uh, maybe a little top 25 action of some sort, as you're pointing out, so uh, we'll uh, we'll let you know, folks. We'll keep you posted on Twitter and Facebook, and but especially on Twitter, we'll give you the updates in real time. Until Friday, JP. Don't worry, we'll get this right eventually. It'll be okay. We've got this. The Warriors uh, just <laughs> called. They said they were thrilled to be playing on Saturday. Um, <laughs> I bet they would have been, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> See you on Friday, folks. <laughs>